Now, May 2018, everything went to utter ratchet. And 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 by, by that, I mean there was the, this combination of all sorts of horrible factors. We had um, the strikes on the southern system had, like, really reached, like, absolute uh, a peak of disruption. We had um, – and the key thing was we had this new timetable that was introduced in May 2018 that relied on a load of infrastructure that just hadn't mm-hmm. been built. It relied on a load of trains that just hadn't been manufactured. So wish and ex- it, basically. Ah. And the expectation was, yes, but it'll work. And so that timetable was duly rolled out with just none of the infrastructure, like uh, with infrastructure that needed to have been built, particularly in like Manchester is the most well-known example, the Castlefield Corridor in Manchester that is currently two tracks, should be four tracks, with a load of extra grade separation. They built the shiny bridge thing called the Ordsall Cord Bridge. They built that and then they didn't build all the actual stuff that made that useful. Yes. Uh, actually, what that does now is that, that fancy snazzy bridge, which looks great and will eventually hopefully be useful. At the moment, what it does is actually creates a new link to spread disruption north-south across Manchester that didn't previously exist. It made <laughs> things more wor- more worse, more bad. Wait, oh you think the sh- mm. a shiny, expensive, high-profile, big-ticket item that sort of ignores all of these sort of boring bits that you have to get right has actually caused everything to become worse and no one's taking uh, responsibility for it? Yeah. Now, I have to be careful to not make my own bed and lie in it here because uh, that could be mm. misinterpreted, as as you, as you might have noticed. I do shout loudly and positively for HS2. But yes, a shiny single-ticket government sign-offable thing has actually fucked everything worse. Um, you so, would think so, yeah, that so that- more cooks would improve the quality of the broth, but no, <laughs> they're making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> so um so that's so that was May 2018 right so we were trying to push too many we were trying to push trains that didn't exist along tracks that had yet to be laid and what it ended up with was a lot of people having their lives absolutely ruined trying to commute in in and around Manchester which had like just reached the point you know a lot of people rely on the train in Manchester and they then couldn't um, so that screwed up a lot of people's lives, and then basically assume, since then, uh, and, and, and the assumption always that the Tories come, that, that, or that sort of indeed the British political system produces is we are going to put you into an impossible situation, and then you are going to rely on your uh, sort of on, on on your on your wit, your innovativeness, yeah, your and your spirit. willingness to consume a product, but also your willingness to consume an alternative product, and the yeah. solution will just naturally yeah. accrue. Yeah, and it's it's this thing that the that the, that the Tories always manage to do, and I don't think there's some grand conspiracy to it. I think that they they just have a particularly puritanical form of ineptitude that always makes it happen, which is that they fuck up the service so much that people go and do the worst thing, and um, and the railways are a perfect example of that because it just meant that loads of people were just driving again. Like mm-hmm. the modal shift that had been that's so critical for us to, to kind of reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions in this country, and by the way, which are pretty much all coming from like twenty percent is transport, and that's all road transport. Like the biggest single source mm-hmm. of greenhouse gas emissions is transport, um, and it's road. And, and everyone's just going, "Oh, well, fuck this! I'm going to drive. We're going to get the. I'm just going to drive from Huddersfield into Manchester, or like from like I don't know Marston over to Leeds or wherever it happens to be." Um, so that was just a disaster, and the same was happening around the country and other places as well, to a lesser yeah. extent. And anyway, so that was May 2018, and since then, nothing has been resolved. There were just there's business. So there was like we're going to have the Williams review, and then the Williams review adapted into the Williams Shaps review, which I think sounds awfully like a kind of a prog rock band, like the Williams Shaps. <laughs> Revival, yeah, the, um, the Steve McDyke review. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, and, and, and as an industry, so I'm within the industry, and I do I do engineering. I I, ha- I see fr- frontline. I write about the industry. I see front like firsthand what 
crisis mode means. And and skills is a serious issue we have in the industry already, mm-hmm. just generally across engineering, but but for other things like planning, signaling, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And crisis mode means that you don't employ anyone new and everyone who um anyone who is in in the industry works overtime, gets a hernia or leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so we've just been in crisis mm-hmm. mode that whole time since May 2018. Um, and since then, totally rudderless, hoping and waiting for the next thing to be announced. And then the thing gets announced, the William Schatz revival was announced, and then it didn't resolve anything. And it's like, and now we're waiting for the IRP, the integrated rail plan. And then after well, that, you, we're waiting for this thing. Are you suggesting that a, 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 a sort of cornerstone of, of public life, the ability to get around, has been sort of being whittled away at by, uh, you know, uh, you might say free market mm-hmm. fundamentalism, incompetence, and uh, sort of enthusiasm for uh, allowing the national railways of other European countries to just basically asset strip our entire rail network. Are you suggesting that that has not been solved by a review whose main focus seems to be more startups and fewer staff? That would be correct, yeah. I'd love uh, fucking free market liberalism. It's a fantastic idea where you don't build any trains or any train tracks, but what you do is you try to create the, like, the conditions of innovation that will allow those trains and tracks mm-hmm. to exist mm-hmm. without what fucking we, making what if, any. Yeah. What if mm-hmm. we created the conditions for a startup to invent the super train from that 1979 show that was on for one season? Yeah, what if and that? It's like, mm-hmm. There's, there's like, so there's two things. I'm, I'm dreadful for doing cutting interjection. I'm interjecting on please. myself, like on a double layer one here, right? So, so like first double layer interjection is like we occasionally there are glimpses of like, oh, they've maybe got it. So we did have a huge procurement of new rolling stock that was a horrible boom and bust, massive boom moment where we like employed a lot of people who we've now had to sack because we stopped building trains again. There's this huge <laughs> surge of construction <laughs> of, of trains and factories opening and all sorts. That have not, that's now finished, by the way. So I don't know what those skilled people are all going to go off and do that we employed temporarily. Um, but also like, mm. there's, so, so that there's these weird surges of, of, but the other thing is, so that there, it's worth stepping back to look at the, the key failures that happened when, when, when privatization happened. Mm. There was like one major fragmentation. So wait, just, was a key just stepping oh, back a little bit, right? We yeah. had, the, the railway network in Britain was built by a number of private companies. Yeah. It was nationalized uh, in the Atlee government. And then it was um, uh, sort of, and it was brought back into reprivatized in uh, the, at the tail end of the, no, it was in the major government, it right? Was major it was, government yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah, the major government. It was the major government where it was privatized. Uh, we split up into train operators. That's like Southeastern or whatever. And then Network Rail, which owns the, tra- or sorry, uh, uh, Rail Track, which yep. is the private company that owns the tracks. And then basically what's been happening since 1994 is a slow rolling series of crises that are having them each brought back into public ownership slowly yeah, as the they thing become that, increasingly that thing that we talk about all the time of yeah. w- like governments that feel that they have to do the minimum intervention, but the minimum intervention is always to do some planned economy shit and then talk about how much you hate doing it and do it really badly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, so rail track was the first thing that fell because um, they literally, you know, the, the, so rail track, the private, an actual private organization, they were a management consultancy. They were like, no, we're not an infrastructure. We, we don't, we don't, we're not an engineering company. We're a management consultancy mm. that, are gonna, that, that will procure out, you know, necessary engineering skills. And they, they um, killed a load of people by making trains crash because of their incompetence. No, you don't want to uh, do that. Negligence. Um, and yeah. that's not actionable well, because sorry, that's if, what if, the if legal... People, it's if, a, if people survive, if people survive a train journey, that's socialism. Yeah, yeah. I just imagine that the rail track Listen. management consultants come in. Okay, look, the railways, they're old. They're stale. We've got a plan that's going to get people interested. And then it just pulls a tarp off of a big board and it just says, 
train 911. <laughs> 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 Listen, like, it's their fingers like I'm listening. It's, it's not called the fucking train to serfdom, is it? <laughs> That's right. That so is right. It's, it's BMW to <laughs> Like another layer, another layer of interjection. Like it's interesting to point out that um, that rail tracks, like main dude uh, who presided over a lot of their disasters, Sir John Armit, uh, happens to now be in charge of the uh, national. One letter away Commission. from an excellent name. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's now in charge of the the National Infrastructure Commission, who are just a glossy greenwashing version, uh, like offshoot of Treasury. Who, who is just? They published a report recently saying, "Stop doing any infrastructure investment." Uh, which is nice of them. So anyway, yep. put that to one side. Um, so you have that. The other thing, privatization was fragmentation, yeah. But the um, the thing that was possibly more criminal than even the train operating companies, right? Because the train operating companies nowadays, they they, they, they don't make any, the profit thing on, yep. and the train operating companies is a bit of a red herring. They don't actually make any profit. In fact, that's why they're all collapsing because there's no profit made in it. The thing that no one talks about because the industry is so confusing and such a like tall confusing white barricade of, of nonsense is the rolling stock operating companies, the train leasing companies that are, there are three big ones. They're all a consortium of, owned by a consortium of banks and private equity firms. Oh, and, our old friends. Oh, yes. our old friends. So, um, uh, British rail, von der Blumkin has bought <laughs> British rail and it's like desperate innocence had worked so hard to buy new rolling stock. And actually there was really good momentum. So don't let anyone tell you that rail, that passenger numbers started climbing after privatization. It happened. It started happening in the middle of the 1980s. Um, mm. British Rail had actually kind of worked out what was going on and how to make mm. things function fairly well, despite a, a shoestring budget. Anyway, I've gone off on one. But so um, they they scrimped and saved. So they were selling off like triangles of land between sidings to pay for like one multiple unit. And that was literally yeah. what they went. And all that stuff built off the back of, you know, like our funds, um, you know, scrimped and saved public assets were then sold in Royal Mail style um, for an absolute pittance to the banks who then somehow what? made a huge amount of money out of them. Oh, uh, that sounds familiar. Anyway, so that was the real rip and continues to be. And it's worth noting that in the wonderful William Shapps revival report, um, that the Roscoe's, the rolling stock operating companies, remain entirely untouched and identical to what they were like before. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's great. It's what, we're, what we're doing is we're saying, ah, I know how to stop this. Uh, th- th- there's this car that is sort of slowly... Uh, but fast enough to cause injury, heading towards a wall. And in order to uh, prevent our, the occupants of the car from being damaged by the contact of the car with the wall, we are going to repaint the car. And and mm. I, I cool. yeah, and your yep. actual train, the actual train that you have been forced into by the man in the hives, is owned by Tfunkhole Capital. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I took a load of opiates while I was getting my dick sucked, and it seems that now I own a lot of paces. <laughs> <laughs> What is this? Right, and so on top of all of this, coming right? home absolutely twisted with a load of trains. 